I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Here at the Shane Oliver Experience, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land, the Turrbal and Yagara people. We pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Hello again. It's great to see you all again. What am I talking about? I can't see anyone. Man, what a cold start. What a shit start. How are you, Nate? I'm good. I'm good. How about yourself? <laughs> it's been <laughs> it's minute. been tumultuous. <laughs> I, it feels like I've spoken to you before, but that's a that's a lost episode. Yep. I think. <laughs> uh, we Nate has been on previously, but to to be quite honest, I think it was right before COVID. Uh, it, it was it right before COVID. I think yeah. it may have just was, gone into COVID. It was like a week. And we were dancing around it. Yeah, yeah. It was like a week or two before everything got hectic. Yeah, and that lockdown sort of happened, and then yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just time I, time went I, by. I, I also think that we were both incredibly tired and possibly. Uh, Far out that day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll say that. So yeah, I so. think we I think we still managed something like two hours or we so. Did. Yeah, we did. We did. It it got it went off into a bit of a tangent, and I said that to begin with anyway. That they usually do, but yep. you know that that's fine. <laughs> Shit happens. We can rehash it all again with yes. with, with fresh ears. Yes. Um. So yeah, what what's what's things been like for you during during this isolation period and coming out? Oh, my God. Uh, it has it has definitely made you know what you want to do with your time, Ooh, your life, yeah. and freedom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't say that I felt any particular way other than I'm glad I didn't get sick. Ooh, and I'm yeah. glad I wasn't, yeah. wasn't in a position to have been, you know, impacted by the results of... COVID uh, taking over the world. Kind so has, hasn't it? Truly has. Yeah. Um, as we speak today, I, I, I hope that all these vaccine things that are on the news, you know, that might be like a ray of hope. Uh, I, heard, I, I read something that the, it's a, tri- a trial or something with Pfizer. Or f- yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then and I think the UK one. Yeah, yeah, the UK we're going to be trying to set it the ball in motion with the yep. with the trial because it has something like a ninety percent so, or ninety five percent success rate. Totally, I have fingers been, crossed. I have been trying to disassociate myself from a yep. lot of online <laughs> stuff, especially like in the last month. Uh, there's been it's been a pretty hectic time this last yeah. month. Uh, yeah. Lost a lost a good friend and and Mama. just yeah. It, Sorry to hear. Oh, he was a good guy, uh, legend. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, just along with that and just hectic work schedules and, and just 
trying to adjust to it all as well yeah. and, and trying to work out what you want to do Absolutely. as well. Like, Absolutely. I think the biggest thing for me at the moment is just trying to stick to a budget. Yes. <laughs> trying yes. to be an adult. And, and Well, especially and if you're at home most of the time and, you know, I'm still not going out. So I'm, if you're at home, man, my fingers wander onto Amazon, onto whatever yeah, all right. the time. You, like, you do a lot of online shopping. Oh, my God. It's like it's getting ridiculous. <laughs> i got to stop myself. So. Especially yeah, the right. Black Friday sales, like some of the – I'm really into backpacks that for like traveling. So yeah. I just ordered a like $600 backpack that was Holy down to 300 shit. bucks with the thing. It's like one of these like awesome backpack engineering companies made it and it's just like everything I need ever to travel. So I'm going to go to Uluru and Tasmania. What, what makes a bag fucking... It's kind of like space stage. 600 in the bucks worth. Well, I think, I think it's made out of like all sorts of different like Kevlar's and all that sort of shit. And then... Just the way that they've engineered it to to not to be almost like a clamshell. Well, it is it clamshells like um like when you have like a roll on suitcase. Yeah, okay. Uh, it has all sorts of different compartments that can be used both uh, if you were like say a camera dude, multimedia guy, um, or you could use it uh, just as well for like putting shoes in and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And then there's all these hidden pockets and then it's the RFID blocking thing for when you're like traveling, you can throw your stuff in there before you have to go through the scanners, all that sort of stuff, hidden pockets in it, which is, sorry. <laughs> I'm really, I'm really into, I'm really into all this stuff. Like just efficiency is like really, um, okay. Oh, well, pleasing. I, <laughs> I guess, you know, people will spend exorbitant amounts of money on, on things that they love, no matter what it is, I suppose. Yep. So who am I to judge yep. for one? Yep. But I just <laughs> couldn't imagine bags being that fucking expensive. Yeah, no. You know, I, just the concept to me is like, holy shit. It's uh, like, ridiculous. It's, uh, you know, just like a lot of things. It, there's obviously an industry yep. for that sort of thing. Yep. Like hiking. Everyone yep. wants to fucking hike. Everyone wants to be that yeah. that motivational pitcher. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm at, I'm at the point in my life right now where I'm, I'm doing okay with money where it's... All the, you know, I'm st- and I'm still trying to like uh, let myself actually enjoy things because I, I was broke for so long, a student for so long, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working my way up uh, in, you know, just different parts of the world that were maybe more expensive in some sort of way than, than living here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, always just being like, with money. But, you know, now I'm like a little better <laughs> you're a little and, better and, off at the moment yeah and it's it's like it's like i'm i'm allowing myself to like actually have like a nice bag instead of like going through customs or whatever my fucking bag's falling off the rolly bag and the laptop's hitting the ground <laughs> all oh, this sort God. of stuff so i have th- this bag sol- solved so many problems like that so i was like man it's down to 300 bucks from 600 bucks let's go <laughs> so and and it works not just for say the the traveling or hiking i should say um but it also for when you go overseas and all oh, so absolutely so before before covid and stuff uh you did how often were you going overseas i mean i was on a plane at least like three times a year yeah so. uh, <laughs> and now you it's now been zero it's, it's like zero and so in the last fleeting glimpses of this year i've managed to book myself a, a trip to uluru cuz i was oh, like i'm going to go awesome. see the goddamn rock i've never <laughs> seen it i have I, I love it you know ev- everything is amazing about it so uh, yep. This this is the time. Now that we're stuck here, this is the time. And so after explore that, explore as much of Australia, yeah, as, yeah, as you can. After that, back to Tasmania to to do some uh, like cabins and hiking and stuff like that. So that's awesome. Yeah, just want to have some fun in Australia before eventually, maybe next year, go straight back to LA. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's a bit concerning. 
how many people have still got the the old corona yep. over there as well. So yep. you're thinking that maybe you, is it optimistic thinking that you're going to oh, get back there next year or Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's not optimistic. It's it's definitely like something that can be done. Mm. Um but it's like yeah, it really is they've they've always said this, but it is dumb fuckistan right now, you know? Like they <laughs> they really are a bunch of fucking idiots. I love that country and I love all the people in the blue states like you wouldn't believe. But, oh my fucking God. Like, I've I've even had to like delete about five people that I held in like high regard who came out saying like, don't put that fucking filthy vaccine in your body. You have no idea what the fuck it is. Like, it's fucking mind control serum and shit like that. It's like, yada, yada, holy fucking, yeah. fucking shit. Like, you're the person that's holding this fucking world back from... <laughs> from everything you know it's like absolutely fucking ridiculous <laughs> speaking of of the crazy times though did you use a lot of any uh, a lot of that time to write more music how has the music front been for you did. since this well un- unfortunately the band broke up shortly after we came out of lockdown so, uh, uh, that's oratory yeah right? oratory yeah, so before, uh, sorry before we go any further <laughs> um nath plays in, used to play in oratory yep. uh before this and you've played in multiple multiple bands before that but that was the one that i uh yeah met you or yeah. knew you from so none of the bands ever went anywhere because i always am on the road uh traveling and moving countries and shit like yeah, that and, it's just and my career life. yeah my career is like the most important thing to me so uh, but i've managed to be able to have my voice come out by working and helping write music with with other bands. So yeah, okay. Um, I'm I'm eternally grateful for the for the opportunity and the fact that anyone actually saw like anything promising in me. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't played live that many times. No, no. Uh, there was there was a couple bands here in my mid twenties that I tried to get off. Nothing happened. Then when I moved to New York, um, I met the bass player from the band His Hero Is Gone. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I met him while he was doing lights for the band Neurosis. And Shirt you wearing? Yes. Yeah. And, and I, was, <laughs> yeah, I, was, uh, I was completely blown away that he was like such a nice, humble, and very quiet guy. And, and then uh, about two years after we were like hanging out, and we were kind of neighbors in New York, um, he asked me to play in a band with him. I was like, wow, that's that's like one of the greatest honors ever because His Hero Is Gone is kind of like a DNA blueprint for me at this point. So Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, just a really, really... Um, they changed the sound of like... they. If, if anyone ever said that there was a band that, that crossed genres over, it was definitely His Hero Is Gone doing it with like Discharge-style punk and and just gloomy metal riffs yeah, as okay. well and that's so they a, were from Memphis out of all places it's <laughs> a wild concept to yeah, have yeah. that many sort of genres crossover in mm-hmm. one sound yeah and, and you, you wouldn't think that it actually works until you hear it and it's like holy shit <laughs> so so you've you, you've got you've last time we talked mm-hmm. you, there was oh fucking <laughs> how many bands and how many people that you'd met like yeah. it, 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 it just it definitely like I felt kind of starstruck in a way knowing that a lot of the people that you have met and hung out with just yeah. like every day sort of thing yep. are 
big like big name bands like yeah. big metal bands and shit yep. over, over in the states and in yep. europe and shit and you're just hanging out with them like they're hey man how you going <laughs> it, it, it blew me away sort of thing yeah. like i'm sp- very fortunate you know yeah. uh i would say uh if if we're going to go start from the start this town is very isolated it's very uh Stay your course, son. Is this Brisbane, <laughs> Brisbane. you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So okay. I, I grew up in the southern suburbs here. and Southside route. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, I, will, I will die. Like, I hate this town, but I, I'll, I will die a fucking filthy Southside <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> fucking Northside may as well be like North Queensland as far as I'm concerned. So. <laughs> Fair enough. I have no business on that side of the river. Yeah. Except for these shared grounds like the valley in the city. Um, <laughs> like a meeting ground. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. This is like a, a what is it? Like compromise point. <laughs> yeah. No, um, uh, I've, bounced, I've bounced between... Uh, south side a few times and out, mm-hmm. out west a little bit and then, right but like i i know so many people that live around the city sideways anyway yep. like not so much valley way but like you yep. know east brisbane sort yep. of thing so that's yep. no, i don't mind that drive yeah. that drive's okay yeah <laughs> but i fucking hate north side like getting to the north side so i i, I agree with yeah. you on that I, I don't mind the north side living aspect like it seems like it could be doable as well but just yep. for, for someone living on the south side having to go there i'm like i fucking oh, hate yeah, that drive exactly it's, it's so fucking far away for no reason yeah and they, they don't have a goddamn sunny bank so oh that, you know? yeah mate <laughs> The I need that shit there, in my life. That the food there is great. Yeah, I remember like sitting at a Michelin star restaurant in New York. Uh, I was one of the labels had uh, had taken us to it as a thank you for like you know marketing the the album that we were marketing to number one. And I remember just going like, "This isn't as good as Sunnybank." Yeah, <laughs> shit. You're the other side of the world. And you're like, "Fuck, I'm in Sunnybank." Yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty cool. So that's pretty yeah. wild. I, I don't know if I've ever had that experience yet. Yeah. You know, I'm not it's very coming. I'm not I'm not very well versed in travel. <laughs> I haven't even left the country. Yeah. But I've, I I hope after this that you, you make it a priority. I, I would like I've always wanted to. Yeah. I've always wanted to. I just Europe has always been a place where I've wanted yeah. to go. Yeah. But that's fucking expensive. Well, not yeah. anymore, man. When they I know when, when everything sort of settles down a little bit, man, they're gonna be like just Going like just fucking come on, yeah. Cheap. Here you go. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so all right. Well, I'll, I might jump on that. Well, I was thinking. Well, the only other place that I was thinking of going was going to go. My brother lives in New York, uh, so you gotta go, man. Yeah, you got so. the tickets, and you don't like at that point in time. You'd be happy to sleep in the fucking broom closet just so you could go there for like a month. And oh yeah, just like explore everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Abs- uh, of the the. The last time I talked about it, I think I was talking to Stewie from Goon, and uh, he loves going to, uh, over to LA and California yep. and shit. So Best I was thinking, bro, we go over <laughs> two weeks, we stay one week in New York and yep. go check out there, and then yep. we go over to like yep. that side of town. That's that's a that's a good a good amount of time. But you need make sure you get a car in LA because a lot of people do the the bad thing and take the shuttles and whatever fucking shitty public transport no good is no, is, is no shit. you need to you need to like map out your journey and you need to talk to me about where to go in LA because I got the key to the city so. <laughs> <laughs> wild so let's let's start from the beginning basically yep. where when did music first become like such a passion for you uh I think 
earliest memories would be uh, in my dad's 1980 Toyota Corolla. And he's, <laughs> he's jammed in this fucking tape, and I remember like the tape, like the label was peeling off it, and uh, it'd be the Eagles, Ooh, the Eagles. So yeah, it'd be like Witchy Woman, and all that sort of shit, like just stuff with like it wasn't just. I even though the ra- uh, the Eagles are a huge radio band, it wasn't just stuff that was easy listening per se. Even though everyone will say the Eagles are easy listening, I think that that stuff has a little bit more pep in it. Say, there are some songs that they've got that's yeah. got some really Life nice guitar work. Life in the fast lane, yeah. like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, they've got some good songs that that have some good guitar work yeah. in it, and yeah. it's really and like they say, it, it it is easy listening. But easy listening doesn't mean necessarily mean easy yeah, music. Absolutely. So. From there, it was like uh, uh, he had the Beatles and he had, uh, I think he had a couple Thin Lizzy songs on Ooh, tape. Yeah. And so uh, I just started listening to everything that I could put on in, in the house. And uh, I remember my sister started wearing like all these shirts with like all these like logos and shit on. I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and so uh, I raided her room one day and she had this like hidden like, Ta- they used to have like a tape thing where you put in the tapes and there'd be like a zipper with all the fucking like a uh, nylon cover all over it. So it was like a portable tape rack. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. And and so, but she had that hidden. Yeah. And I opened it up and there's fucking everything you could think of. Like with this, with this mind right now, I'm looking at, it, I'm going, oh, there's Skid Row, there's Metallica, there's a Pantera tape. There's a CD squashed in there, uh, which was the single uh, Sepultura Slave New World. Um, all that sort of stuff. So this was about 1993. And I pick out a tape that looks the most interesting. It's a blue tape and it's got an electric chair on the front. Mm-hmm. It's Ride the Lightning. It's oh right the light yeah. yeah and and I put that thing on and uh, the first thirty seconds I was like this sounds like a like a folk band and I don't <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what a folk band was that but I was like this yeah. sounds like what hippies sound like because yeah. you know? it was just acoustic yep. guitars and then it just it like distortion fades in and off to the races yeah <laughs> and that was the 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 eye opener for you was it oh absolutely I was like what is this and why isn't it everywhere. Like, yeah. why why can't this be everything? And to this day, I I on the way here listening to Metallica. You know, mm-hmm. I I'm the biggest Metallica fan. Uh, I see them as a uh, uh, beyond any other band, a band that not only wrote great songs, and just like me in life, had bad moments. Mm-hmm. You know, came back. You know, and still maintained, regardless of anything, they maintained something, mm-hmm. and that's something to this day. I take away from Metallica that they can maintain even if everyone has the personal wealth to not give a fuck about anything. Mm-hmm. And I, and anyone who has a problem with Metallica, that's valid. But how lucky are we that we get to live in the same time as Metallica exists and that they weren't a band that broke up and just like you never got to see them play live, you never got to like hear more records and stuff like that. You never got to any of this wisdom. So <laughs> They've become a band... I think synonymous with they everybody knows that they're good, right? But people like to shit on things that are big or that are really well known. Man. Everybody there are always people in the world that like to shit on things that it's, people it's like. It's like right? the people who say shit about Axel Rose. It's like, man, what did you ever do with your life though? Like this this <laughs> this guy like took the world over. Every concert he like blew his fucking voice out, which is why he probably struggles to sing these days. But it's like, man, 
these bands were just magic. <laughs> People got to see them at their peak, and of course yeah, they yeah. love them. And yeah. and and then that's why they probably get critical yeah. about it is yeah. because then they'll see them when they they're not as good as they yeah. used to be, obviously, and yeah. like they struggle sometimes. And Absolutely. But that their peak, right? was their craziest most yep. of the time. Like you yep. said, like Axl yes. Rose was a fucking mental case in terms of like partying and shit, right? No, actually he was the one who was the least party guy, but he would throw backstage parties for everyone else. But like... That's what I'm thinking then. Yeah, okay. he kn- uh, Slash and all those dudes had like harrowing addictions. And I think I've like deduced over time that like Ax- Axl and... Uh, Axel had everyone sign away their part, the ownership of the band to him through through like the usual illusions time, so that um, you know in his mind he was like, well, all these guys are strung out on coke and fucking heroin. Mm-hmm. What if they die? Then like part of the band goes to their estate, you know, and yeah. like they they somehow get control of it. So um, I think I think he was just looking at it like this probably can't last too long. But, yeah. You I've know. just always had this perception that he was a bit of a dick or he just was a bit of a crazy I mean, man. I mean, he's had his moments for sure. Yeah, no, but, it's, it's interesting to hear more about yeah, this as well. But I think when you look at it, he's the one getting the last laugh. You know, like four, oh, ye- five, yeah, four like, years of stadium tours. Oh, exactly, like he, he's clearly wealthy as fuck yeah, still. But but also like he did he did whatever work he needed to repair with Slash and Duff. And yeah, they're doing that too yeah, next the, year or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. And and uh, he also he did enough work to like get himself well enough to be able to go like you know what I'm not going to make everyone wait until eleven o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to fucking come on the stage at seven thirty, like it says on the door. You know, like yeah. So so I I definitely like have a lot of respect for him after after you know pulling his bootstraps up like that. And look, to be fair, appetite for destruction. Is that 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 was the album, wasn't it? That was uh, one. Of, that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That that out that one, I mean, kicked it off. You know, like for I mean, that was for the last sound, classic rock band for sure. You, you know, like it had that sort of kind of like old school glammy sound to it still, yep. but like with like the new wave of yeah. like rock at the time. Yeah, like yeah. It was Absolutely. just it was a new sound yeah. with the old elements. Yep. And you know you. It, Again, like with big bands, when they get as big as they do, people like to shit on them. People yeah. like to, to whatever. <laughs> and, it, and and each to their own, like you yeah. were saying before. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to know that too. Like all those, all those bands that you said that you saw in that, like uh, in that t- uh, cassette, cassette tape <laughs> case, whatever it was. Sorry, I can't even spit my words out. Uh, one, I'm huge on cassettes at the moment yep. too. Like I've, I've started yep. this. I, I started a collection at Code. Like when COVID peaked mm-hmm. and we went into lockdown, I'm like, "What's the hobby that I can pick up?" And <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, I'll start collecting cassettes." And I've just started. I've, I think I'm up to something like sixty odd. Cool. Now and that was at the start. They're, of March. they're a cool thing until like they go through too many Queensland summers and they just melt. <laughs> oh, don't tell me that. I got to keep them somewhere cool then. Yeah, Shit. please. Oof. But more, it, it's so aesthetically pleasing to look at yeah, as well. Absolutely. Like just starting a collection in, yep. in general, and just having them on the wall, like in a. That's what I. That's what I'm look looking for. So that's what I'm looking for now. Is like something to keep them in. Like a there's cassette. millions that you can find. I got to yeah. yeah. I got to start looking at that. I got to treat my treat yourself for Christmas. Yep. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. Fucking Christmas. <laughs> hate hate it. <laughs> the older I get, the more I hate it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Oh man, it's horrible, right? But yeah, uh, you know, there was Pantera, there was uh, Sepultura, Sepultura like there was Skid Row, um, all really early prominent metal bands that yeah. started out that were re- that have been 
influential for so many yeah, people. Yeah, absolutely. And then like the years following that, like my my parents would go to uh, places like uh, Singapore and uh, uh, Bangkok and Hong Kong and stuff. Like that. They'd come home with all the because they knew that I loved this music and they mm-hmm. would buy me CDs and stuff like that. But they would come home with like they you know just they saw a band T-shirt, and there was one that we it took us like ten minutes to figure out what it said obituary, mm-hmm. and, and you know that's going to the death metal tory, uh, territory and uh, it, it like I went to my neighbor because my neighbor like was about five years older than me and he had sick like just awesome C- CD collection, and I was like, have you ever heard of this band? And he just pulled out. Uh, a CD, and it was, um, I think it possibly was Cause of Death, and I was like, wow, this shit is even fucking heavier than Sepultura, like, and I yeah. thought Sepultura and Pantera were, like, the heaviest bands ever, and then, and then, uh, <clears throat> at the time, X-Men was the biggest thing in the world, and Entombed put out an album somewhere around 93 or 94 called uh, Wolverine Blues, and somehow Earache got... Marvel to do like um, an animation for it with Wolverine. So really, yeah. So so it's it's a it's like one of the biggest, most popular death metal videos of all time. You can find it on YouTube anywhere. Fuck, I'm gonna look that yeah, up. Yeah, and it's just a sick song. It's just got crunchy groove, just like three minute just slammer. And so uh, what's Wolverine doing in it? He's just being slashing around, and just go, going around like. Because they're playing in front of like what looks to be a green screen, and they're just thrashing around. The camera's going all like MTV style, like this. Yeah, you know, and and so uh, and then it's just like cuts the scenes of Wolverine, or like you know, f- close up on the singer's face as Wolverine's behind him doing Wolverine shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so yeah, it's it's um, you know, death metal became like the hub for me, and then uh, uh, as we go. To, further towards the end of the 90s um, I think I was like because MP3s came out and I was like an avid pirate you know like I was fucking out there like I would write labels and I would get them to uh, think I was like a writing for a certain publication and <laughs> they'd, they'd send me all like the the shit before street date and stuff. You were like, like the pro- you were calling up as like a promo. Guy oh, looking abs- for absolutely! Their shit. I was just writing them an email. And little did they know that I'm like <laughs> a fucking fourteen year old idiot, and I'm just like fuck yeah. But, oh, the yeah. swindler. Yeah, oh. yeah, and and so uh, yeah. At the, at the same time, around '97, I, I I got my first guitar and like learning and learning how to play and like, that's passion though. Yeah, like you wanted that that bad, so you thought of a way to get it. Absolutely. And it was, oh, so I'm, clever. I'm nothing if not tenacious. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I don't think I'm particularly talented at anything. It's just that I put it, try to put in as much time and forethought as possible. And if I can find something uh, that's sort of makes me look a little better than I am, you know, it's that fake it till you make it thing. I always yep. fucking say it to everyone. It's like. Um, you know, I remember standing outside the arena down down the street. Uh, it was called the Roxy, and now it's like some sort of dance hall, perhaps. And I think it might be being turned into apartments right now. Oh my god! So yeah. I remember like standing out the back in the loading dock, waiting for like bands to come in, just so I could actually like meet my heroes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Because this city didn't allow f- you to like really dream big. You know, everyone from school, parents, whatever. Do the safety thing. Do the safety thing. Do the safety thing. Do the safety thing. And I was like, what if I don't want to do that shit? You know, what if there's a bigger world out there and it's got something for me? You know, and they're like, 
if you dream big, you'll fall big. And I was like, all right, that's the mission code to try and live a little differently if mm-hmm. I could. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It always seemed, once you try and step out of that bubble of earn a living, fucking Absolutely. buy a house, fucking Absolutely. settle Cut down. Cut your fucking hair. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. It's, it's all that crazy shit. And especially like, when we got into like around 2001, 2002, and I started like sneaking into shows here and stuff like that, not only did growing up in the city, it was it was pretty brutal in terms of if you're growing up mid nineties, mixed race Chinese, and Pauline Hansen, this you know at the time she was like an attractive, well spoken late not well spoken but but uh, <laughs> like just what's the word that you would say she she had like a flair outspoken yeah she had like a flair though with her words and like for some reason the media was picking up on it. And people were picking up on it. So growing up in, you know, late primary school, early high school, just getting the living shit beaten out of me by all the white kids. Mm-hmm. And you you get called a mutant dog every day. And then there was a time where they, like, literally tried to fucking, like, suffocate me and then uh, just stole all my money on a, um, what is it, uh, a cross-country race. Right, And yeah. so so you start to, like, have an identity crisis being out in the world, but at home, being a pirate and listening just copious amounts of music, it was it was like it was like this. No one can take this from me. Mm-hmm. I'm not anyone here. I'm just a guy absorbing music. Yeah. And so, get to 2001, 2002, and I start like I'm like, oh, there's like live music in the valley and whatever. I'm like mm-hmm. 16, 17, trying to sneak into shit, um, trying to do a fake ID thing. And turns out that a lot of the extreme metal that I was really enjoying here, a lot of it had uh, white power, Nazi roots. And it would be bands that don't like that shit, but they'd still play with the, mm-hmm. with the Nazi ones. Excuse me. How long ago was this again? Sorry. Like 2001, 2002. These right. bands still exist. You know, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, That's, and I want to delve into that. Yeah, because I'm absolutely, and and like one of the things still is when I walk around here in the valley, mm-hmm. I keep a lookout because I know, I know that there's a price on my fucking head. There's a price on my head from having tours cancelled, from letting people know that that shit is fucking happening. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's it was it was back in like 2001, 2002, 2003. Mm-hmm. I, I had like a serious alcohol problem at the same time because that was probably me. Well, I know that was me masking pain f- from not knowing how to be me and be comfortable being me within societal context. And you were bullied. You were treating oh, like course. shit. You of know, course. like that. That was your. That's how you were coping with it. But you get out into the world, and it's more of the same. And you're just like <laughs> you're just like fuck. Is this life? Like, yeah, like, yeah. am I just like fucking number two and just a piece of shit from now on just because I'm like slightly different? Yeah. You know? Uh, and so uh, through 2003, 2004, the drinking got even worse. The identity got even worse. Like uh, there, there was this like one skinhead dude that like uh, started hanging around my friends. And, you know, at that time they're, they're going like, oh, uh, Nathan's all right because he's a, uh, you know, he's half white and he, you know, he he takes from his white side, not his fucking gook side. And I'm, uh. and I'm going like, 
cool, at least they respect me, you know, in my fucking 19-year-old wisdom, you know what I mean? <laughs> at that point in time, you're thinking, shit, yeah, I can, Absolutely. I'm okay here. Like, Absolutely. I can fit in. Absolutely. You know? And the, the, the Chinese side of my family is all, there's problems. And there was so much infighting with that sort of stuff that I was like, maybe they are right. Maybe all these Chinese people are fucking idiots. You know? <laughs> so, so, so I had this massive identity crisis um, through that time. And it wasn't until I met a girl in 2005 in California that she like analyzed what was happening. And I give her credit to this, even though we didn't work out. I give her credit for actually like, I'm like, I don't know that the stuff that you're particularly associating with is the right thing. Mm -hmm. I said, you know what? You're the first person that's ever said that. I threw out all my bullet belts, threw out all my fucking like massive boots and fucking camo pants and uh, spikes and leather and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Grabbed a pair of blue jeans, a pair of Chuck Taylors <laughs> and a fucking thin Lizzie shirt and I was off to the races. You know, I was like, this is, this is a way to reclaim it back yep. because like that stuff can't stand. And uh, at the time too, not, not just was it, um, racist based music but it was also stuff that was black metal based mm -hmm. and I've always said this to people that black metal especially is, a, is like black tar heroin why is black metal more than any of the other genres tailored for this white nationalist shit because that genre of music was an extreme expression of hate and despair and it's so easily conducive to people with a very narrow viewpoint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, you know, the music that I like, none of it is, uh, in, in terms of metal and punk and stuff like that, none of it is really up and at them. Mm -hmm. It's all like the struggle within, you know, like, like I, I'm in pain, relate to me sort of thing. Whereas, like, you know, a lot of other people, like, into, oh, we're going to fucking wage war against this and, like, fucking blood and gore, that. I'm all about, like, those ones that, like, just, like, just, like, my podcast title, mm. uh, Consuming Impulse. Like, it's just, you just feel this sh fucking impulse inside you that, you know, anxiety, pain, confusion, mm -hmm. everything. So, um, they're the elements of black metal that appeal to you more than anything. Well, no, no, the no, well, those elements that were in just very few bands. Yeah. And, okay. and, uh, but the other elements that were very prominent and way more prominent were like war, uh, you know, like, uh, deg deg degrading women, uh, as like sort of like satanic sluts and sort of all that sort of shit. And then like just corny fucking devil worship stuff. <laughs> and, and, uh, you know, I I I like to um, I like to uh, to dance with uh, the idea that a dark side is actually a good thing sometimes because not everyone can live in the positive. And if anything, I was the negative side of the battery. Well, I still am, and I work every day to get more to a center, if not over the center. So I don't I don't all the way like say that you know like understanding the dark is corny mm -hmm. but you know all of that stuff just leads to like yeah fucking hate for no reason and just like a fucking static just through your mind and I, I think 
one of the one of the real pioneers of the genre, Nocturno Colto from Dark Throne. Mm-hmm. He actually said himself, he spoke of like it's a super abrasive album called Transylvanian Hunger that they made mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety four. And it's like an album that you could almost put on the, the same spectrum of like um uh avant garde classic. Uh, and it's it it stripped all the rock and roll and all the regular music parts out of music, and it was so hypnotic and just bleak. Mm-hmm. And he said, "People who listen to that on a regular basis are fucked in the head." <laughs> and, I, I, and he's the guy who made it. And and uh, you know, I I agree. I believe that you should have, if you keep feeding yourself hate through your brain. Every little fucking thing, just like because it's human nature. It's mm-hmm. like, let me just put that into that box, you know. So I, I'm, I try to, the Stevie Wonders. <laughs> you listen to everything. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's absolutely you. It's it's the casuals where they're like, I listen to everything, you know. But for you, like that is that is something that you do. Yeah. It's, it's you're yeah. not. Con- not consumed by the the, the one genre all the time. Exactly. You like to expand and listen to different it will, things. It will bleed into how you see the world, how you see the self. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I've just started listening to this like instrumental uh, playlist on on my uh, on Spotify because I had been listening to a lot of heavy stuff lately. Like, but not so much just uh, like the genre. Like specifically like say it, it bounces between like hardcore and punk and like death yep. metal and all the all those kind of things right but just the theme of them were just a bit too heavy sort yep. of thing and I, I needed something to like break away from yeah. that instead of yeah. listening to it all the time yeah. because like you say and that's what it does too it it it, it feed your emotions feed off what you're listening yeah. to because that's what especially if music is such a big part of your life oh, absolutely it's, it affects your moods i mean like you know. when, when a girl when, when a girl expresses interest in you you know you're not reaching for the fucking dismember CD. You're, put, you're putting on a fucking awesome love song, you know? Like, you, you just want to fucking hear Whitney Houston, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're looking for that sweet, sweet, sweet music. Exactly. And I, for, the, for the right mood. Absolutely. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I didn't want... I, I, against the grain with the fucking, like, the furious stubbornness that I had as a kid. Well, not a kid, but a teenager. And I just put on this bleak fucking black metal all the fucking time all the war metal mm-hmm. you know all the black and death metal and the, all the black and thrash metal that had just these fucking just I sound like I'm in the PMRC saying like oh be careful kids no, but it's it's the fucking <laughs> truth like there's there's a lot there's a lot that 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 sort of music and even death metal that can do to you if you just like feed yourself that shit you know and with with band titles like Abyssic Hate and shit like that in in black metal mm-hmm. like <laughs> you know you're just engulfed and so and I, it, and I it, say it's a potion a very strong potion and you've got to you've got to drink it slow oh absolutely <laughs> you that's, know? that's the fucking that's the truth right there yeah because <laughs> you, like you say you do you can and that's I guess how they get consumed in that way of thinking especially if you go listening to those bands that are a very sort of one vision one way one life sort yeah. of thing uh it can be because when you think about it like it the heavier music and like metal and death metal and shit it it is very minority focused in a way if you know what i mean like not yeah. minority group no, 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 but no. like just like you don't like outside of music you know it's, yeah it's for exactly right so it's you, not for everyone you you get pigeonholed you know yeah. and you always seem like an outcast and say like uh, you start listening to that music as you get into 
high school and you, yep. you, it, it warp, yep. not so much warps your personality, yeah. but it becomes... It shapes your personality. Yeah, yeah, it shapes it in a way. And especially if people pick on you for uh, that kind of, oh, you just isn't screamo yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yeah. fucking fuck your taste no, and all I, this bullshit. I never right? let that stuff be seen by that by by the people, so yeah. Because <laughs> back then, like to enjoy heavy music was fucking unheard of. Yeah. Just like as you went into like as nineteen ninety nine hit and through the early two thousands to spend much time on a computer, you were a fag, you were a fucking geek, you were a loser. Like oh nerd, go go online, and then now look at everyone. Yeah. He's fucking laughing now. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a completely different way of, of talking and speaking and, and, yeah. and doing, because oh, even even through my uh, my year of high school, uh, years of high school anyway, mine was 05 to 09. Like, yeah. a lot of the things, that, and I was, I'm guilty of saying stupid shit as well. Like We all were. The you, speed you know, limit like, was different back then, but we all But we that's all what But that's now. what I mean. Like, at that time, like, it wasn't, something that people were like <gasps> yeah when you said it like it's only as as times progressed where yeah. now yeah. it's now like, you look back and you're like fuck and that's not a, a bad thing like it's good to be it's good to it, it's, it's good it's, to know and also you know i shouldn't have said that shit because it's not appropriate right you know see we all we all get to the conclusion at some point and you know like there's people that i've apologized to for things that i've said in the past uh there's people that have apologized for things that i've done in the past and from there, you keep it moving, and you just be a better person. And that's yeah. that's the only way to get through life. Apologize for the shit you did wrong. Yeah. Keep it moving, and take the people with you if you can. Yeah, and uh, that's a fair way of going as well. I I agree with that too. When 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 you first started seeing those bands, and they sort sort of like let you in, like how were you like? Was it more of like? being a part of that culture, like going to watch them, or were you trying to be a musician wanted, while you were there? Or? I wanted friends. You wanted to. You wanted. Yeah, yeah, when, yeah. When we, I dropped out of high school in 2010. Uh, sorry, 2010. Jeez, I wish I was that young. <laughs> I dropped out of high school when I was in 2000 when I was 15. Uh, I had a day job doing retail, and I was the only one out of my friends group from school that had because because after I got expelled from the old boys school, I went to a co-ed school, and a lot of my primary school friends were there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we, I would say that we had a fucking death wish. Like we were all sort of misfits. We all really loved stuff that didn't exist in this country. Yeah. And we were like, I, we would have like long conversations going like, how do you think we'd ever be able to like get to America and maybe be an actor or something like that? What do you need to do to do that? And it's like, oh, I think you got to have money to get a ticket. It's like, well... It's not looking good for that, you know, (laughs) all that sort of shit. And just like, well, do you know how to act? No. Uh, Do you know how to play guitar well? No. (laughs) It's like, oh, well, fuck, I guess we're here. You know, it's like, you know, what can you do? So we, we, from the very beginning, also like were insanely volatile people. So Mm -hmm. uh, the alcohol just started creeping in. And by the time we, we turned 17, those guys had decided, none of those guys had a job except me. But those guys at schoolies decided to say, hey, uh, I got a gun. Let's go uh, hold up some some service stations and, and uh, fast food places. And 
I didn't hear. I said, you guys are fucking crazy. Like, fuck, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Uh, I didn't hear from them for about two months. And then on my 18th birthday, my best friend calls me from prison. And at that point in time, we were also like wildly different people. He was like way into hip hop and like going out clubbing and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm just trying to figure out who the fuck I am and actually make some friends who want to do things that I do. Yeah. So that's why I'm trying to be in the metal thing and like going like, ah, okay, it's racist, but I think I can work around this and do the mental gymnastics in my mind. Yeah. And so all my friends went to prison, uh, like from school that uh, did all the, the robberies, robberies and stuff yeah, like that. And then I'm trying caught. to make friends with these fucking guys who are going like, oh, Nathan's a banana. And I'm like, what the fuck's that? And they're like, oh, you're yellow on the outside, but white on the inside. And I'm just like, okay, I'll work with that, you know? And That's um, so fucked. Though. I know. Yeah. I know. And, and, the, and the thing is, I tell these kids all the time, like, do not accept anything other than respect. Like, mm-hmm. like don't try to bend anything. It might seem cold outside, but soon enough, you'll find a fucking jacket and you'll find a new place to go into. <laughs> and you don't need to say or do the sort of things to fit in. Absolutely. You know, like. Absolutely. I can't even believe some of the shit that I used to fuck it. Like, from the age of like 13 till about, at even like 21, I kept this list of white last names that I would like to change my last name to. <laughs> so, <laughs> cause, fuck. Cause, yeah, because I was, I was like, you know, this, this shit fucking sucks. Like, I... Maybe I can say I'm white, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm only half, you know, all this sort of shit. So yeah, it's uh, growing up in Brisbane, mixed race and wasn't a good time. Yeah. Like trying to find something more was like a really confusing prospect. So yeah, once that was all said and done, man, you couldn't stop me because <laughs> yeah. now, now I had a purpose and a passion. So <laughs> where, so from Brisbane, where did you go? I started going, I started spending three months in, in uh, Orange County, California, in a, a beautiful little conservative town called San Juan Capistrano. The only reason I know where Orange County, or I've heard of Orange County, is because mm-hmm. Bleeding Through right. came from yep. uh, Orange County. Yep. Yep. I fucking loved that they band will back probably, in high school. Yep, they will probably be from Irvine, or they might even be from San Clemente. And Orange County is a county that sits just below Los Angeles. So okay. Los Angeles is its own county and city within. Yeah. Orange County sits within there, and there's places like uh, Santa Ana, uh, Costa Mesa, and Anaheim, where where, where uh, Disneyland is. Okay. Yeah. So and then uh, on the end of uh, Orange County is San Diego. Yeah. And yep. so that's literally where you went from, from Brisbane over to. Yeah. Overseas. Yeah. And so she had, her dad was like incredibly well off. Mm-hmm. And we stayed in essentially what seemed to be like the guest wing of the house. <laughs> and it, it was beautiful gated community with all these hiking trails with fucking coyotes and shit running, running yeah, through. Yeah. Wild. Um, and from there, like, because I had waited out the back of like, the arena and like just met bands like municipal waste and stuff like that. Um, I did the sort of same thing once I got over there. Like she was working for this, um, this venue and the sister venue was the place where all the metal bands played. So like, uh, I would just go there and they'd be like, Oh, Hey Nathan, you know, come on. <laughs> nice, through. To, nice to see you on this side yeah, of the country yeah, on this side of the world. Oh well, no, no, not, not even, 
not even those bands, but like I got to meet like bands that I'd never met before. Like I'm a huge Napalm Death fan, oh, a huge, yeah. huge creative fan, which is like a German thrash band. And they were touring together and stuff like that. And then that kicked it all off. All of that just like led to like one thing after another. And uh, soon enough, um, the dudes from Municipal Waste said like, do you know how to build a website? And in my earlier teen years, I'd learned how to build a website. And so everything started moving from there because I learned how to build a website. And then they said, go do university. You've done this pretty well. <laughs> they told you that. Yes, yes. They were like, why are you trying to be a roadie? Why are you coming out on tour with us when you can go get a fucking like degree and get money and not just like live on fucking subway and <laughs> fucking diarrhea, you know, like, cause that's, I mean, Shane from Napalm death said it best. He was like being on tour is, it's always coming out or it doesn't come out at all. <laughs> so if, if, uh, if anything, you know, that's how your body feels. <laughs> you, yeah. Okay. I'm glad. Well, I'm glad I haven't done tour life then shit. It's, it's not, f- uh, it's it's super fun for the first four days. Everything after that is like getting tour aids and uh, all sorts of fucking nasty shit. You know, it's like everyone's sick or everyone's tired. And then there were there were times in tour buses when I was even like it wasn't even a bus; it was like a fucking sprinter. You'd put like a fucking uh, you get an oversized like tennis headband mm-hmm. and put it around the seat and put it around your head so you wouldn't be like, you know, dying. Oh, right, leaning like, your head forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> as, you're, as you're, like, for 18 hours in, strapped in that car. Oh, fuck. Yeah, so. And that would be from one, so you'd do the 18-hour uh, drive, play a show, and then you'd be going Pretty to the much. next I mean, like, state like, or whatever, and that's still, yeah, like, a... like, driving out of Denver to anywhere else is, like, a fucking nightmare because you're just going through all the fucking hills and all that sort of shit. And so if, if that's, like, in the middle or towards the end of a tour, you know, it's like, fuck... Yeah, <laughs> not fun at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So you built a website for municipal waste, and yep. that led you into what you are yeah. Because they they asked me to put like they were like, do you know how to do the PayPal thing where you put the PayPal button beneath like the item, you know, and you put like you know this one's like a white shirt and this one's like the black shirt. So when the audit comes back, I know to send the white shirt, and not the black shirt. Okay, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And so I just guessed my way through that, and it ended up being fucking awesome and generating some money and they were just like wow we'd never guessed this would have worked and uh, you know you should do this for other people like and make some money out of it and yeah so, so you know everyone from baroness to napalm death to fucking nails to black breath to uh, uh who else toxic holocaust uh, oh my god yeah uh there was there was a bunch more and then i then i did a did bits and pieces when baroness got signed to Q Prime, who owns, uh, owns who who managed like Metallica, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Muse, and the Black Keys. I started doing bits and pieces for them, and then for those bands, yeah, fuck. And then and then, uh, uh, they recommended me to uh, another place downtown that looked after like Fall Out Boy, Green Day, and Weezer, and all that sort of stuff. So one of my one of my all time favorite things that was also Sia. Um, you know, she, she SIA was, scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, right. So she wasn't doing big things when I joined, and there was like a dog fight to like get let her release a music video, and I'm glad that I took the side of letting her release it because that chandelier song fucking exploded, and that put us on the fucking map. You know, like that was huge when we were working that. So there was a bit of we. 
hoo-ha about actually playing the song or releasing Not playing it. The song. Sorry. So, so originally she was she was doing okay, like she could tour and make some money um, as a solo artist, but she was doing really well with like doing Rihanna's Diamonds. She did Beyonce's Pretty Hurts. She did something with uh, David Guetta. And that was a huge like club hit in Europe. So like you know, I think she built a fucking house off that hit. Um, she did like a couple of other songs. Like um, I think she may have done one for Katy Perry. And so at the time, we're, we're just looking at her like, oh yeah, she's probably just you know, I don't know if the solo thing is really going to happen. Um, and then she had like all these songs that she wanted to give to like, I think she wanted to give Chandelier to Adele, and uh, Adele didn't want it. And I don't know if anyone else wanted it. And so she's like, fuck it. I'm just going to put these songs out myself. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, like, we took, like, a pretty lax approach to it. Like, we were like, you know, how do you, what can you really do to market this? And she had this wacky video idea. And thankfully, the, the video, it was it was a dogfight to get the the video approved. And she did it with her own money, if, I'm, if my memory is correct. And that was for Chandelier. And that's with like all the, the kid dancing through the apartment and shit like that, which was like, we put it out and we had no idea what it was going to do. And we just went to bed, woke up in the morning and there was like fucking 30 million views on it. And we was just like, what Jesus. the fucking Christ? Every fucking media outlet had picked it up and everything. It was just like, holy shit. Because we were just going to do a lyric video for it. Ooh, <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. So yeah, that just took her from like being like a sort of like, you sort of... St- you her name from like some whispers on articles and stuff like that to being like SNL, you know. She goes, yeah, Saturday yeah, Night Live. Yeah. Shit. Now, and now you now you know the big fucking the the, week, the, the hiding thing. the face. Yeah, thing the whatever, thing. Yeah, because yeah, she just she just really hates. She's super anxious, so um, that's well, that's a good way for her to escape. You know. Hell yeah! People yeah. not being able to actually see like yeah. the whole making the eye contact yeah. thing. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, absolutely. Hey, bro, I live anxiety <laughs> as well. I totally get it. If if that was like my look. Or whatever. Hey, man, I wear yeah. sun- most of the time. I wear sunglasses all the time, and yep. they're usually always colorful yep. ones and shit. That's a, that's like yeah. when the wind's blowing. I'm like, great, hides my fucking ugly face. <laughs> <laughs> that's so wild, though. So you've, but that's what I mean. Like when I was talking at the start of the episode, like uh, that, I was sort of starstruck by talking to you about this stuff, is because you you've done so much. Yeah, you know? it's, it's from and and knowing more like and I'm glad we came back and uh, got stayed on topic to begin with. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, to find out what you've been through, like yeah. what the fuck, like yeah. you've been through some shit, yeah. and yet on this other side, you are now seeing and working with idols and artists that you grew up going, holy shit! Like you yeah. found that cassette of Ride the Lightning, Metallica, yeah. and did you think? 20 however no. many years later no, I honestly, that you would like, build a website for them <laughs> I, I honestly thought it was really funny because my, my they diagnosed me ADHD at some point when I was like maybe three mm-hmm. and they had me on Ritalin forever and yeah, okay. and I just remember like I'd never used to eat as a kid because my stomach was always burning and I was acting out through all sorts of different shit uh, just before I decided to get out of high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the principal pulled me aside and said, like, look, mate, I know you have uh, ADHD, but, uh, you know, Jim Carrey also has ADHD. And if if you, uh, you know, spotten up, you know, you might be able to have, like, a really nice job at a factory one day. And oh, my God. Like, I was like, 
Jesus Christ, you were like there and then you were like there. Like, you started the, so good. Like, I was like, I was like just, waiting for like something to fucking go like, you can touch the stars, buddy. And then it just fucking came crashing down. I was like, this fucking town, all it does is fucking, like it's it's almost like that, um, uh, what was it, it, where it just like something's just trying to fucking keep you, you know, in the fucking sewer. <laughs> and so, Something's trying to hold you down or pull you in, I should say. Yeah, so, and, so honestly like, and I I try to fucking impart this to anyone that I can see in the same position. It's like, you might think that you can't do anything, but my whole thing was, I felt like life might have been a Truman show or like something fucking weird where like everything You're was like... You're living in, uh, in like, a Like reality. something like a programmed fucking thing. And like, I felt like maybe the scene actors or some shit... And so my whole fucking thing now is like sometimes I'll just say something fucking wacky in one of the most important parts of my fucking life and it turns out that it's actually like real and it's not like some fucking whatever, you know? Because this whole place for some reason just felt like a like a fucking just a rut. Just like a fucking run out groove on an LP. It just keeps going around and around. It's like, you know? And so so yeah, I, I tell everyone that find your niche Find something that you can be useful for. And if you love music, if you love movies, if you love fucking theater, um, um, anything, just fucking wedge your way in. I, f- I didn't fake it, but like I learned until I made it. You know, it's like you started faking it while yeah. you were learning to begin yeah. with, right? The only like fake you're, thing you were into like, it. Yeah, the only fake thing that I ever said was like, yeah, I know how to make a website. <laughs> then I figured out how to make a website, and I did make the first one. It was a website, so <laughs> and, it, and it paid off and in, in, in paid off dividends. Yeah, really, and like. it was great because then I knew what I wanted to do, and so I went to university. And you know, you know that you can once you do the PHP part and the database part. Oh, cool! Now I can fucking build the thing where um, the guys in Napalm Death can write their own news posts, or they can give it to the publicist, and the publicist can write the news post and press the post button, and it fucking turns up. <laughs> They as minimal work as possible for yeah. that, you know, like because bands are just trying to focus on one thing, and that's the music side of it, right? Yep. And when you have to yep. drag in, like when you get big enough, in particular, like yep. the the scale of business and marketing that yep. goes behind it, like even you, it's like, an image, obviously. You even know, like so. if you have a band on those labels, like Earache or Nuclear Blast or whatever, the band like stops doing anything at all, and the label and their manager and the PR people, like, they just handle everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of the luster off of working with that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's fun. But the one thing that COVID has actually brought in this thing, I feel it's like the great equalizer in terms of, like, everyone's in the same shit bucket, you know? <laughs> yeah, everyone's going through the same thing. The, like, yeah. I read TMZ every day, and the amount of fucking rich fucking people that can isolate in the fucking beautiful palaces and all that sort of shit... They've all got fucking COVID. <laughs> it's like it's like you have like if you, if I had your fucking Beverly Hills or um, uh, Hidden Hills palaces, I wouldn't fucking leave and I'd just have all my groceries dropped off at the front door. You know, it's like. But yet they want their freedom. Yeah, ex- exactly. And so I was, I'm like, <laughs> fuck if if they get it, if they can get it, well, fucking we're all fucked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think I'm lucky living in Brisbane at this point in time. For as isolated as we are. And nanny state as we are, I kind of like it at this point. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's worked out well. For, it's worked out pretty well for and all a lot of, of and a lot of the stuff that you've 
done and honed your skills with in particular uh, you can do at home yeah you know you can yeah. work from a computer anywhere Absolutely. basically and and in times of isolation like this fucking Absolutely. most places have been working from home you know which is fantastic you know and i'm i'm, I'm extremely lucky that you know the stuff that i do it's kind of um emergency proof so uh, you know, it's yeah. I think it's, my lucky stars for that. <laughs> it's it's a it's a like a fail safe without yeah. something that you were planning yeah. to be a fail safe. Basically, and, and that that's that's one of the things. Speaking of fail safe safes, that's why that's why I took the backside of the of music because I was seeing everyone like the roadies were making more money than they were because at the end of the day they have to pay their staff before they pay it themselves. Yeah, and so after you pay your sound guy your fucking driver and you know the person who does merch there might not be that much left for you at the end of the day you know and you fucking and then you got to divide it between the band exactly as well. exactly and it's it's like you know seeing dudes in bands that i love go home and have to work in like a fucking wood factory and shit like that mm-hmm. i was like man <laughs> that takes the fucking stuff out of the they're just an everyday guy yeah, trying yeah. to make their make like, ends like meet. dudes that would have to run from the backstage doors into the fucking bus you know, they're like scratching their ass in the line of Seven <laughs> Eleven. You know, and I'm like, that's I I like it, but I have done enough dumb things in my life. So this time, I think I might go do a degree. Go do a degree, and 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 you know, try and like fail safe this shit. So, <laughs> well, what else? Yeah, like, well, I mean, everything's kind of opening up back now. So, are you more focused on still being not not so much being isolated, but Focusing, using this time anyway, now that you've been through that mm-hmm. phase yep. to hone your, uh, your, your skills or upskill, oh, I ev- should say. Ev- every day I'm learning something new. Mm-hmm. Every day is try and figure out a path further. And so, yeah, you know, as soon as possible, we'll be like really springing for the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I hope that one of the big companies a Fortune 500 company picks me up because, you know, as as cool as it is to be uh, anti-capitalist, I like money. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where it is currently at the moment still. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, I want to be able to, like, have a, have a nice future and if uh, any more additions come, you know, be able to uh, provide well and, uh, you know, do something that leaves a legacy with it, perhaps. So Have... Yeah, leave, well, yeah, yeah, I, t- I, I get that. I totally understand that. I had a thought as well when you when you name dropped nuclear blast and advertising. Mm-hmm. How do you think they were feeling when they were advertising Six Feet Under's new shit? Hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Is, is the word that I, I can use. I mean, Chris Barnes is cooked as fuck. That, that guy has put every type of fucking shit in his body at some point. And, but they would have had to listen to that before they decided to go. Let's put it they, out there, right? They are probably in the position where, if they are seen, especially with someone like Chris Barnes, if they are seen to be censoring or telling someone that that's not good enough, mm-hmm. Chris Barnes is going to get on the mic and be like, "Fuck this fucking label!" Like, you know, the the fucking Nazis and trying to tell me what to do and like blah blah blah. blah. And for some reason, he's got a built-in fucking crazy audience, and I, I don't know what the fuck. Goes I never, 
Yeah, I never kept up with what he was doing really. Yeah. When he when he left Cannibal anyway. I mean, and I mean all he that, ever did was six feet under. Outside of that, that's what I that's how I knew yeah. of him. Well, yeah. originally because I when I first heard Cannibal, it was Corpse Grinder. Yep. Uh, and it was Kill that yep. I'd heard as well. Like, Good record. I know that Just was a first. super fucking solid all the way through. And that's another thing, like. People should be happy that we have death metal bands like Cannibal Corpse that were solid all the way through. You know, there wasn't like a fucking country album. <laughs> you know? They didn't or change a rock album. in they, a way. They just gave you more. People always bitch and moan about like, oh, they changed their sound and shit. Cannibal were ones that that did change their sound, yeah, like Slayer. but it's, they just was Slayer the whole time. It well, was I always mean, Slayer had some bad ones, but <laughs> yeah, but still. As they got older anyway, Slayer stuck to that sound. They yeah, didn't, yeah. It was only really more of their earlier shit that yep. had that sort of yep. bit of different yeah. sound that they it were was going like, for. And then... What was it? Uh, Disciple or whatever the album Yeah, was what's that? Oh, God Hates Us All. That's the one. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and and I, I always say alternative logo era Slayer is the worst stuff. Like all the mid to late 90s was... So... <laughs> Not a fan. No, no. I'll, I'll take... Um, I'll take uh, this. This is controversial too. I'll take South of Heaven any day over anything, and that's because they tried something a little different and went mid pace, but it was still fucking awesome and em- emotive. It wasn't just like that's, a razor at the throat. Yeah, it had that kind it had of a swing in a groove. Yeah, you know? I I agree with you with yeah. that as well. It had that really eerie sound to that album. Yeah, just yep. and you can tell dun, like dun, with the dun, artwork. Dun, 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 it's what's that? It's the devil's note or whatever. Yeah, like that, that was, tried. yeah. It that was in in my ears anyway. That was really prominent in that album. Yeah. Just because they they slowed it down and you can hear them. Yep. You, you can hear the notes more clearly and shit. Absolutely. And it's just it's beautiful Rick Rubin production. You know, he did that record, and then two years later he went and did, and this album has actually just been re released after many years of sitting on a shelf. Mm-hmm. It's, um, troubles self-titled album um he he picked up trouble for his american label and he he really he really tried to give it a go and mm-hmm. so it took a band that sounded like halfway between judas priest and black sabbath and uh interesting and made them essentially write pop songs oh, and it was it's right. fucking good no it's it's yeah. really really good because it's just instead of being like these weird like riffaramas, mm-hmm. it's like fucking sick, like you know, four or five minute songs that just rock. It's funny because I'm always like, don't judge other people's music, but then you said pop, and I'm going, no, nah, I, I, <laughs> I love, I love pop too, and I always tell people like, sure, you can write a fucking sixteen minute death metal song, no one's gonna listen to it or or remember it or enjoy it. <laughs> right? Do what Entombed and Dismember and Obituary did. They wrote <laughs> pop songs encased in fucking filthy death metal you know mm-hmm. so <laughs> you could always remember the chorus you could always remember the fucking breakdown scream you know yep like you know it's it's I feel like everyone should, should write pop songs encased in whatever packaging they like be it the filthiest death metal to like the cleanest fucking indie rock telecasters <laughs> I yeah I think as a musician even if you focus purely on like say one genre when you're playing live or whatever yep. who says it's a bad thing if you want to spend a bit of your time making some weird shit that you don't normally look play look at Soundgarden they were yeah. the fucking like the roadmap to like going like that sounds like a regular like hard rock metal song 
and then you'll get this beautiful fucking song like Limo Wreck or um, uh, Just Like Suicide, you know? Like, fucking Christ. Alison Chains and did oh, that a bit well, for me as well. Absolutely. You know? I mean, Alison Chains outside Metallica might be my second favorite band, maybe tied with Black Sabbath yep. in terms of just like sheer brilliance and the ability to just like emote. And that's that's what I look for. Like, And again pop songs within heavy rock you know they have th- all they've added is just sort of that Alice in Chains sound absolutely um, absolutely w- with the heavy distortion yeah rather than cleaner distortion yeah. and it's really funny because like I'll tell a funny story right now that when I was living in in uh, I was living in West Hollywood and my my best friend lived in Hollywood and uh he is. He was a, uh, a bassist for the band Cathedral, who were a huge doom band, and mm-hmm. he was also the bassist and singer from the band that invented grindcore, who are uh, Repulsion. Um, and so he he knew I was the biggest Jerry Cantrell fan, mm-hmm. and we knew that Jerry lived just a little north in Laurel Canyon from from uh, uh, West Hollywood. And so we we were at this like this little burger shop, and I walked in and I saw a guy with like short blonde hair facing that like away from me, and I just went up to the the counter and I, we ordered our burger and we were talking shit to the lady who owns it because she was super funny and cute, mm-hmm. and we went and sat back down, and I'm my back is away from the the guy who's sitting against the wall, but was originally face, uh, facing away from me. Mm-hmm. And I, d- I didn't even think to look at him. But Scott's looking over my shoulder the entire time, and I'm just like, why does he keep looking over my shoulder? But um, uh, I heard the guy say, like, oh, thank you, Sonia, and, like, left. That was her name who owned it. Um, and he, he took off, and Scott goes, I don't want to break your heart, but Jerry Cantrell from Allison Chains was sitting behind you. And I was like, you fucking asshole. How could you not tell me? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> so, and he, because he was like, you were about to ruin his lunch. Oh, and, okay. Yeah, and I was like, I get it. I respect it, but I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know. Oh, I, yeah, look, yeah, that's, that's, you don't want to be that guy that pisses <laughs> him off. Yeah. I've seen enough people like, you know, going out to eat with, with some famous people and like, God, people just ruined their, their dinner, their lunch, mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever. So I'm glad I wasn't that guy because he probably would have just told me to fuck off. He's that sort of person. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? <laughs> yeah, I love him for it. And you've, like I said, is the best way for you to keep in contact with a lot of these people do, so you mentioned earlier you, you also do Consuming Impulse, uh, yep. your your podcast that yep. you do. Are you still doing it? Do you, is this how you keep in contact with those I people as well? I have just been focusing on like just trying to figure out like what the next year entails for like the last six months. So I've been, I've been pretty shit on it, but I have so many people lined up for it. Like the dudes from cryptic slaughter are really chasing me for it. Um, Brian Liu, who is like one of the, one of the most instrumental people to Met- Metallica's early success. Um, he was like a friend of the band and would like, you know, just a supporter and like taking all the photos. He wrote the, a book called, um, fuck, what's it called? Uh, it's, it's about the, it's like a pictorial um, 
book about the whole like beginning of the Bay Area thrash scene. So there's pictures of like uh, most importantly Metallica and Exodus, but also like Slayer and Megadeth and Anthrax and um, all those bands in there. And uh, who else? There's there's a bunch of people from from Sweden, uh, from some of the prominent bands there. I think I can get the dude from Ghost, Tobias. Uh, oh, no yeah. shit. One time we went out, um, I met him at a show. Uh, someone introduced me and we went out the, ne- the next night and we were, it was just him and I like grabbing some beers and stuff like that, like two o'clock in the morning. He was mixing with Andy Wallace who mixed like all of our, any favorite hard rock album you like from like Sepultura's Chaos AD yeah. onwards. He's mixed that thing. So he I was doing hell, like man. huge sessions until two o'clock in the morning. And so he calls me and goes, hey, let's go get a beer. And we we were talking about like possibly me helping out with the marketing, and at that time like my whole visa situation was really complex, so I was like kind of paranoid. And I probably like probably didn't play it cool enough because <laughs> I was like, oh man, like if we do this, like oh, there's a whole like I'm gonna have to like fucking have you pay me into a different bank accounts so that like you know Uncle Sam doesn't see it and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> and I, you know, I don't think it panned out because of that stuff, but yeah, I, I think I uh, he might be interested and. Uh, yeah, there's a whole whole sort of other people. I don't want to give everything away because there's some pretty cool ones. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm totally keen at the start of next year to do it. I think this year has been weird for all of us. I think so too. And I think that fucking Onion article or the Hard Times article that said like, uh, something like man displeased at himself for for not accomplishing anything through six months of hell. It's you know, so, it was something like that. It was like yeah. it was like you were fine through a fucking brutal pandemic to not do anything first that that's super constructive so i've most been trying to yeah, like, like a little leeway like that <laughs> so most people will be like yeah i'm gonna get so much shit done in isolation and shit. so many people the talk one. the biggest game fucking did a. nothing <laughs> fucking a i'm sure i did at some point yeah. too yeah. and just when i thought less would happen yep Fucking more shit happens, yeah, absolutely. you know, like it's just whether it be personal or yep. what, like yep. just, <laughs> and I guess because everyone, well, for me, luckily I was still busy. Like I could, I was still working. Like yeah. w- w- my work was considered essential. Yep. Yeah. I mean, at the time it was like legitimately, I should say like was roof paint and shit. So yep. the construction industry was still going and we had tra- tradie people working Sick. and all that stuff. So my work as 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 a warehouse guy mm-hmm. was still going. Yep. So I still had structure to a point. Yep. But when I got into this rut of coming home, not being able to go anywhere, basically, yeah. I would just come home, say goodnight to call my boy and say goodnight, have a shower, play some games, go to bed. And it was just this same routine over and over. And when Absolutely. things started opening back up again... I was still doing that. Yeah. And, you know, like, you get into that sort of rut. It's anything like music, yeah. you know. If you listen to it enough or whatever, it consumes what you do. Yeah. Same thing happened, basically. It was that my routine became s- something very simplistic yeah. during a very shitty time. And it's funny, too, because, like, if no one told you to stay home, you'd probably stay home. Yeah. But it's, I, it's, yeah. But it's funny what happens when someone goes, Don't, you're not allowed to go out. Yeah. You're allowed to go to the shops. That's probably what you would do most most of the week. Just go home. That's exactly maybe right. Maybe go to the shop. Yeah. Stock up and just stay at home. But the fact that <laughs> the you fact that someone said that, 
And everyone Excuse else is complaining. Massive mental fucking cloud. Exactly. <laughs> like normally you you know, you could go out and yeah. do this shit anyway. Like you're not but a you're socialite. Not I'm not a socialite. So but it's just it's funny when someone tells you that like there's a fucking Something out there, you can't go out. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like the only times I do go out most uh, at this point still is like with my boy during the day and but spending time with him. Yep. Um, and then shows when I go to. And even then, like most of the time I don't like get, I, I'm driving. So yep. I'm like, I'm not getting hammered. I'm only having a couple of beers or whatever and then going to grab a, a feed and then go home. Yep. You know, uh, I, I want to be able to like stay out and do that shit. But sometimes like I just can't. Like mentally, I'm like, oh man, I've made, I've, I've I've put a lot of mental effort into just yeah. keeping the conversations going and shit. And it it, it sounds harsh, like shitty saying that because it feels maybe you could be misinterpreted as like not being interested in like wanting to stay longer or, you yeah. know, with your friends and shit yeah. like that. But the reality is, is that, um, you know, for a lot of that, especially going back into it now yeah. after being in that ruddy hole of, Yep. You know, just doing the same routine over yep. and over. Less <laughs> less communication with people too, yep. physical communication. Yep. Coming back into it for me is, has been like really weird. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, like just communicating and, uh, and it has felt different like yep. between people. I don't know. Like it's just, these are the, like I'm very hyper aware like in terms of that I overthink a lot of shit. I'm always thinking yeah. of different scenarios or possibilities and shit like that. And not all of them are good ones. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're not actually, uh, you know, with with uh, an- anxious sort of feelings that I get too, they're not always going to be positive ones. No. You know, <laughs> no. quite often the anxious feelings it's, are it's negative. It's good to find a balance and it's good to also like, I feel like everyone should have an inner dialogue with themselves because some people just, they feel the fucking pulse of what whatever like this, they're feeling. But I feel like um, that you still need to be able to like check yourself and go like, is this, you know, is this worth being like a fucking anxiety case for? Yeah, exactly. And sometimes you can talk yourself out of like a fucking panic attack or like out of like sitting in the fucking dark going like, about whatever you know what I mean some, some <laughs> people have got routines and ticks. they got uh, oh, I can't remember they got steps for when they ha- go through like go through the motions of yep. having one uh, I, I'm kind of the same I I usually just try and count to 10 half the time yep uh, it's just little things like yep. that or even just take a breather and yep. go clear my head outside have a yep. ciggy sort of thing some, and sometimes just, it's good to just go lay on the fucking grass and look at the sky yeah yeah man uh, <laughs> I, I totally agree and yeah, coming back out of all that shit, and then coming back into a, into the more more of a spotlight with friends, and 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 wanting to do more with the podcast and shit, and have it be more things rather than just a podcast. Right. The, these are all steps that I've that I'm working towards having, mm-hmm. and that has been since coming out of that rut for me anyway has been the motivation. Now is like yeah. uh, I've I've. I've had this time where I've been mopey about not achieving enough. Yeah. Now is the time to fucking do it. Yep. You know? Yep. And... I mean, life is for the living. And I feel like this was everyone's reality check. Clock's ticking. Time waits for no slave. I fucking love that album too. Go. 
As you know, it's like, just do it. That's a, it's a call to arms in mm. that way. Time waits for no slave. Yeah, I <laughs> I love that. I love that saying. And yeah, I love that album from Napalm. That's yep. so good. That was a great album. That was, that's, what, that, that's what got me into those guys was right. that album. Right, cool. Yeah. Cool, that was a yeah. great album. And, and I That thought, was the album actually that I started working with them on. Oh, no shit, yeah, yeah, really? Yeah. Oh, because so. they had, there was a song called Dictat or yep. D. Yep. I can't remember how to pronounce it yeah. at the time, but it just had a really awesome. I love that intro. That, that riff's fucking fantastic. Actually, that 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 people that I'm getting on the podcast too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. I Mitch, know. Mitch uh, from is especially a really good friend of mine. So who, who? Sorry. Mitch. Like the well, the guitarist that is. He still plays on the albums now, but he he doesn't tour anymore. Oh, he doesn't do the last yeah. yeah, and and he was from Vegas anyway, and he moved over when the whole original napalm sort of like went away and mm-hmm. um, it got rebuilt with like some American guitarists like Mitch and Jesse. So, okay. Yeah. So who, who so you're going to get him on and did you say someone else? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully what? Barney. Uh, I've, I've put some feelers out, but I haven't heard anything back just yet. Mm-hmm. So, but that was like a, a minute he's, ago. He's pretty outspoken. Yeah. 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 Well, I, I like Barney cause he's like, and if he ever hears this, he's probably going to kill me, but he's almost like a, if he was listening to this, holy yeah, fuck! Yeah, get come he, on, man. come on, mine too, he's bro. Almost, he's almost like a little bit aspy in that way, and I don't mean that in any disrespect. It's just like he's so cut and dry. Yeah, like and someone tries to crack a joke and it falls a little short. So um, I think you know, he, and he gets it, but he he's got this thing where he's. He's very cut and dry, but I I love it. You know, he's he stands for a lot of good things. Sound, it, it that to me just sounds like he's 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 been through the shit. He's got no time for it. I, th- <laughs> you I think, know, <laughs> I think because he's such a pragmatic person and such a, an awesome humanitarian, I think that's foremost in his mind all the time. Like, there's mm-hmm. no time to fucking sing and laugh. No time I've, to crack jokes. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's fucking go. And I think you know, I think he's on. Well, I know he's on a noble pursuit every day. Like he works very closely with humanitarian causes. I know that when he gets off the road, every like he every break he's like out, you know, help helping shit in Africa or like mm-hmm. fucking like leading organizations to like stop abuse with women and stuff like that. So, yeah. Um, when I was looking after their website, um, I was emailing him a lot, just um, forwarding him a lot of um, really, you know, out there programs that were like mm-hmm. hitting him up to like, hey. We, we've heard that, you know, you work in these humanitarian courses mm-hmm. and you, you do a lot for them. So, yeah, I give I give him such huge props for that. Like, he's he's pretty cool like that. I got to see those guys play at the Hi-Fi when it was called at the Hi- when it was called the Hi-Fi. Yep. And that's when they played with Dying Feeders. Um, they, yeah, it was Napalm Death and Dying Feeders. Yep. And I'm, I think oh, I made... Oh, I was there. I was there. Yeah, I was back in Australia that for that time. I think that was like the end of 2010. Yeah, 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 yeah. man. That those those couple of years, like 09, 011 sort of thing, man. I went to so many fucking gigs. Yep. Uh, that was yeah, my yeah. peak. That was my peak time that, that's, when I that's went. That's the best. You know, and I just hit 18, so I could finally go to those wow. 18 plus okay. shows cool. and shit. 09, sorry, uh, sorry, 2010 being when I turned 18. Yep. Um. Yeah, I'm a, I'm still a young pup. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say I was like 26 or. 20 yeah about 26 at the time yeah 
uh, and fucking small world too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Oh, I you might have even seen, you might have seen me in the mosh pit because I know I was in the. Mosh I saw pit a for lot that. of people fucking thrashing hard at that show, which was great. Yeah, was I got great. fucked up. So yeah. every time, every time I went in those yeah, yeah. pits, I always get fucked up. Yeah. Like I always thought I was bigger than what I am, and yeah. like, man, <laughs> you don't. There's no ego in those pits, and if there yeah. is, you get fucked up, yeah. like straight up. You know, that's like, why one thing I respect about metal pits is that if there's an asshole in there thinking that they're better than anyone else, yeah. they get dropped. They hard. get they get checked. Yeah. And it's always really funny going to a napalm show, be it here or be it in in like America. Mm. Fucking like just conservative people turn up all the time, and then when Barney says anything about equality or like you know, stop fucking stop the wars. Yeah, all these people are like, boo. It's like, what are you fucking here for? Yeah, like, you- did you never read any of the lyrics yeah. of these songs? Like, <laughs> do you just think it's like a fucking blast beat, like fucking behemoth band? And you just like turn up, and then someone goes like, "Yeah, you shouldn't bash gays," and they're like, "Boo!" Play music, <laughs> and, like, and actually, that's what the music's about. One of the best things I ever saw in my life, and at the time it was 2006. I got sober in 2005 when I started going over to America, and I did eight years of sobriety. So, you know, I took everything like raw for eight years, mm-hmm. and what I'm I'm in Santa Ana at at the Galaxy. Um, theater um and napalm death and creator are playing this is the first time i'm singing both bands mm-hmm. and napalm death are opening and they obviously are very outspoken a- anti-fascist um and the, their whole push is for egalitarianism and me and my girlfriend at the time who who was jewish were standing over to the side and uh there, there was this guy in this red shirt and he had a shaved head and we were just like, why is he standing by himself? And he just fucking kept looking at us. Mm-hmm. And as Napalm Death got on the stage, he just pulls his shirt off and puts it back on and it's like a fucking full swastika on a red shirt. Like, there's no, mm-hmm. no bars about it. White circle, fucking black swastika on a red shirt. And I remember like just tapping this, in, uh, not Indian, uh, Mexican dude on the shoulder and I was like, uh, are we going to do anything about that? And he's like, let's go. And so I went over with him and like a whole bunch of people followed and they just grabbed him and fucking threw him in the pit and kicked the living fuck out of him. Yeah, when right. he came out, his fucking head was like split. Like mm-hmm. that shit was fucked up, just pissing blood everywhere. And I was like, at the time, I was, like that gave me a huge empowerment, like that fuck this shit. Like here in, in Brisbane, going to shows and fucking dudes playing with swastika armbands, you know, and, and they're not getting pulled off band from the thing. Um, the whole, my first time in Mary Street Club here, fucking... This is early 2000s, Yeah, is this it? is 2003 yeah. when I finally turned yeah. 18, you know, could could actually, without like trying to fucking sneak in and getting denied and all that sort of shit. Yeah. Go down the bottom of the Mary Street, um, I think it was just called Mary Street at the time, and you'd go downstairs and as soon as I walked in, it was just a room full of fucking military-looking fucking um, neo-Nazis, all swastikas on their heads, all the fucking like uh, the Iron Eagles on their fucking throats the and stuff like that. Yeah. And I was just like, "What the fuck is this shit?" You know, and and so at the time too, I you know didn't have the balls or the wherewithal to know what to do. In that situation. And you're walking into an environment that's oh really God. not. I was like, "It's not tailored for me," but I want to be part of it because I like this music. Yeah. 
And, you know, I was just like, all right, I will just... You're already going to be getting sh- yeah. shifty eyes at yeah. you and oh shit Oh, my going. God, those dudes were circling me. I mean, years later, um, I, my, my, the same girlfriend and I were back here in 2009. And, or it might have been late 2008. Um, we, we went to fucking Rosie's. Oh, and, and, and we thought we didn't realize that a fucking racist band is playing there and a band started playing a song and like screaming about fucking Jews and shit like that and as that happens all these fucking neo-nazis walk in and they take a look at me and her and she had like if there was a any stereotype to go by she had a very Jewish looking nose and that's no disrespect to anyone it was that's just the way it is and they saw me an Asian guy and her, who you could probably tell she was Jewish, and and they were like, "All right," uh, they ca- they came up to me and they were like, "There was a, there was an empty pint pint glass. Mm-hmm. You have two seconds to get the fuck out of here before I take your face off and put it on hers." Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, "All right, fuck this shit," just left. And that and like that that really started my hate for Australia. Like fucking, I hate. That this can exist unchecked. Mm-hmm. So, you said earlier as well that some of the bands like that are still, or or members or musicians or whatever, mm. are still active. Uh, that's that super active and involved in the community and shit oh, as course. well, right? Of course. So why the fuck are they still? And who are they? Because I don't <laughs> give a fuck about if they know me or not. <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 very anti-fascist. Yeah, myself. yeah. I'm I'm anti-fascist, but I also know if I say anything, someone's going to like someone's going to pay for it, mm-hmm. and I don't want anyone to get fucking sucker punched or fucking right. you know, shanked and stuff like that. Yeah, no, you're probably yeah, you're probably and, right. And, it's probably not I, a good idea to start yeah, some I'm, shit on this. Uh, yeah, Tell I'm, me I'm, afterwards. I'm, yeah, I'm once once the once the tape goes off, we'll talk. Cool, cool. <laughs> I'm yeah, really I'm really interested to know because yeah, they're gonna but, fucking but the thing find is, out. The thing is that the Australian attitude is it doesn't bother me. Leave it alone. Mm. You know, and Oh and yeah, it's so shit. That's like the, that doesn't work anymore. Been. That's the way it's always been. And and that, uh, I mean, to their credit, a lot of these, not not to their credit, to be fair, a lot of these people like now in their 40s mm-hmm. and 50s, I would say. And so like, it's dying out. I don't think that's a new it only hap- It only happens very, very, not as often anymore, right? Like I've only heard of uh, a couple of instances in now, the last couple of years. Yeah, now especially... You couldn't be like a new Nazi band. But, <laughs> Fuck no. But but if you if you were like an old legacy band, and some of these uh, bands put out albums that are like classics in the underground through the world, you know, like Fortress is that one? That's I've because I heard they tried playing a show at some point either early this uh, this year or last year yeah. or something. Yeah, not only them. Fuck those I, guys. Yeah, I, w- I won't say any. <laughs> Names, but yeah. but but people associated to those to those bands who have actually like thanked them in their credits and all that sort of shit. Yeah, you know, like st- stuff like that. And it's not only this city, Melbourne, uh, it's South Australia, and these are bands that are now like. It's funny to to go be in, be in like New York or or LA and some Asian guys wearing a fucking band shirt of one of these guys or Mex- all the Mexican people wear these band shirts and I'm just like, 
Man, does anyone read the fucking lyrics? <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. So so it's 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 really funny how it all works. And then, you know, there, there's been like all sorts of different venues canceling bands uh, after like enough of us actually say like, yo, this shit fucking sucks. Like, It seems like the crowds or the, the, the people themselves deal with it differently yeah. in the States as they do to here. Like yeah, you were I saying mean, before. The, the this States it would never fucking fly. It would never... Especially in the blue cities like New York, mm-hmm. LA, uh, Chicago, um, Seattle, like Portland. Fuck all those Nazis there. They got fucking killed. <laughs> they're heading out to the to the more conservative states where the views yeah, are a little less that, aggro stuff, to everyone else. If you know what I yeah, mean. Yeah, that stuff really these days exists in the shadows. Like mm. if you if you are someone that is out there, like going like in whatever way saying Genesis to genocide, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just can't, you can't fucking do it anymore without someone going like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it's really strange how it still exists in this fucking city. Um, and, and that these people, like, somehow walk unscathed. Like, I feel f- any fucking, any negative approach I took to anything or any shortcut in life or any shitty fucking... Mm-hmm. like cut corners or whatever I paid fucking dearly for that and just to see people skate on by is fucking beyond me just <laughs> aggravates the absolute shit out oh, of you it's not even aggravates it's just like it's just fucking complete wonderment and I'm yeah. like almost amazed in how fucking how life works it's like fuck if I do anything it's like if I do anything slightly wrong, I swear to God, I'm fucking crucified. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, these guys have pulled this shit, and yet, like you say, abs- absolutely, like, like they're they're people, like they're people actively trying to fucking like ruin people's lives just for looking a certain way. I know it's 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 yeah, and and it's not right. And and pe- there's a thing where people like um, how would you say it? It's like. It's, it's what it boils down to is there's nothing wrong with being a certain ethnicity or whatever, but there's this there's this weird thing in in which like people are saying like almost like I won't apologize for it, and it's like the apology isn't even in the fucking even in the matter because there's nothing like it's weird that we even take offense to stuff because. You shouldn't be having to apologize in the first place yeah. because what you're saying, yeah. you shouldn't even be saying. It, sh- it shouldn't, it shouldn't, like, there's nothing wrong with being Chinese. It's, there's nothing wrong with being fucking uh, no. Middle Eastern. You know, the, the, it's it's such a weird thing that, like... A lot of these fucking issues and, and hate and fear come come out of, like, designed ads or, or, or like, stigmas of fear. Like, Oh, absolutely. You know, like... Uh, the the minority parts of things like say your fucking terrorist bullshit or whatever yep. always yep. the the it's common stereotype is the Middle Easterns you know and pe- which is so bullshit right now there's the whole China thing going on in the news and it's not China it's That's the Chinese the, fucking government the doctored image thing yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah right the, so it's the Chinese fucking government the people are fucking like working in the rice fields and just trying to fucking get by mm. having a bowl of noodles in the fucking morning mm. you know and and now. All Chinese people are tarred with that brush when they don't even give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of China is still not that developed, and it's still very traditional. So it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's and and again, it's our, it's like fucking war pigs, Black Sabbath. It's like all the fucking government, and then they send the poor when when 
shit kicks off. I'm I'm a little concerned that during this peak time of tension between mm-hmm. China and Australia, that someone like Pauline is going to arc up again. She you is, know? and she I is. haven't seen. Yeah. I've been out of the loop of that yeah. shit because it it fucking takes you down a rabbit oh, hole, absolutely. and it's so toxic to your absolutely. mind. Absolutely, because she's you're just like so on the front page right now. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, she's man. One, she's got like all these like uh, marketing campaigns saying like it's. Uh, um, boycott Chinese products for Christmas and all this sort of oh, stuff. for fuck's and, sake. And, man, it's like neither here nor there for me, but it's just like, God, just sit the fuck down. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know. And, yeah, it, that's just, it's it's some <laughs> bullshit, man. Like, yeah. come on, but, you know. But, you know, all that stuff is I'm a reflection st- of this music. I'm still, I'm still scene. blown away by the fact that there are, yeah, like, people out there that have still got yeah. like, being able to stay around in the scene if they're even remotely involved in that. I hate the fact that when it does get called out, you know, people try to defend the actions in some way. And it's yeah. just, listen to what you're trying to defend in the first yep. place. And whether or not, uh, that like, most they've got to be doing it for fucking lols and, and shits, you know? Like, at no, that point. A lot of people, like... I mean, in this, in my head, I'm thinking at the time, like in this day and age, like you'd be fucking stupid to be doing that now, right? You and mean so just like, being racist? No, no, just with like going to like go, going to shows and still, like you know, when you were yeah, talking yeah. about that guy in uh, the Napalm Death, yeah, you yeah, know, pulling off his shirt and you know, fucking no, those people see it as like a fucking like a spear of destiny. Like they've got a fucking like, oh, if I fucking put out the sun wheel, I'm, I'm that people are going to turn and go like, what a beautiful Viking warrior. And he's fucking fighting for the cause of the white people. And of course, the the, the fucking chosen race, um, you know, all the rest are just like one step away from being apes and shit like that, you know? <laughs> and, and it's like this whole, it, it was, it was magic when I think about it, that I got that much insight onto how people actually see this. Mm-hmm. And they really see it as, as a chosen race. They really, really, really believe that we, people who are not white, um, are, are of a different species. And they've never been to places like Kazakhstan. They've never been to places like um, Turkey and stuff like that and seen that in a large majority of places, even Pakistan, mm-hmm. people look fucking white, you know, and that... That that shit look, goes up through into Russia and stuff like that, not up past Central Asia, and it start start hitting all those like um, uh, all the Eastern Bloc countries and stuff like that. And everyone has like a little bit of Asian, a little bit of fucking white in them, mm-hmm. or some people of the polar of the other thing. And it's like that's what fucking DNA is. That's what DNA is. So you know this whole fucking superior race thing or a chosen race. I don't buy it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, neither. And it's it's a real shame that there are still people out there within the music community that believe that shit. And yeah. that's what concerns me. It's like you you've you've explained your experience with Brisbane mm-hmm. and it's not been the most pleasant one. No. Right. And I everyone's different, right? And it's no bag on Brisbane. Like I've been, I've been up and down with mine, you right. know, like with my experience with the live music here and yep. and just life in general. I suppose yep. you know, it's been it's been up and down. It's been love and hate. Yep. for me, yours clearly. You, <laughs> I clearly understand why you would fucking hate it because you've been through some shit in order yeah. to, in order to fit in. You had to fucking 
be like, a part of shit that oh, is yeah. just so toxic to yeah. your way of thinking. And to yeah. see where you've come out now in particular, on the other end, on the right end, yep. you know, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a real testament to how hard I think you in particular have wanted to work towards what you want to do. Yeah. It's your passion and your drive has been to be with the music and, yep. and work and, and write it and, and yep. just, just, well, yeah, just be a part of it in some yep. way. But it's not been affected by the views of no. those. Because with. the music at the end of the day is the fucking medicine to life. Mm-hmm. And even though, even though I'm just working a regular job right now, like in, in IT, the music's still there and I still do like all my stuff outside of work with with the music. But, you know, it's the one thing that can never be ta- tainted or taken away. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, be it even like people trying to push racist music in and and infiltrate scenes or stronghold scenes as they always were. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what that's why you probably won't ever catch me around town necessarily because I don't I don't really hang out in the, in the regular spaces. I'm 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 a little past that at this point and especially with how this city has always had that undercurrent. You know what I mean? I I don't always feel comfortable being out um in the metal world, okay, you know, like in yeah. in that way, <laughs> I, I I get. Well, your experience with um, your experience with Brisbane has not been the most pleasant, and it's <laughs> going to be quite triggersome, yeah, to be around those environments. Yeah. That it's not it's not triggersome per se, but it's just like like it brings back those memories of times that yeah. you really weren't a fan of. Also sometimes you might see some of the people who are displeased with you. <laughs> yeah. And okay. I, and I I know I know that there's people who would like to take a crack. And that's that's a bummer. And that is a bummer, <laughs> man. Like fuck. Why are people got to have so much anger? Yeah, and, man. You know. I mean if there's anything that anyone listening to this podcast should should think about it's like if you know someone that is thinking silly thoughts check them try to bring them back and if not run through life with scissors <laughs> that's the only way to go yeah yep yeah. <laughs> are you working on anything at the moment i am working on uh both a classic rock record and i'm really trying to nail a 6-8 death metal record where it's like very, very, very Swedish. Uh, not in terms of like melody or anything per se, but like a, a lot of my favorite Swedish bands had like very 6-8 type music, which instead of, like if you listen to Sepultura, that's like, or, or like the chunky era of Sepultura, it's like very 4-4, four, four. so it's just like caveman style. But 6-8 is a little more precise and, and delicate and it's got a slight, slight waltz to it um, at times. And... Uh, yeah, uh, and from from there, like there there is possibility that because I do have like a whole bunch of connections to people, and I'm I'm not just connected to them, but like I always just try to make really really solid friends and almost make family with these people. But um, I was thinking about trying to do a, my version of a probot, the Dave Grohl thing that he did with like Lemmy and max cavalera and king diamond and all these people you know like just tried to to make a really 
he would write the songs and he would get his favorite singers to sing them with it. Oh, so okay. I, so I think I'm going to do that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. If you've never heard that record, go go listen to it. It's very, very cool. It's got all like DRI singer. Um, it's got Jack Black in the secret song. <laughs> so it's it's just, it's really Fucking magic. Fucking Jack. He's been in everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really, really good. So, yeah. All right, man. That's awesome. <laughs> you've You've had an incredible story, especially... Especially growing up and having to deal with what you did and where you're at now, like hats yeah. off, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's it's cool to meet people like you too, man. So uh, and so appreciate big, big it. up you for actually like asking me to come on this thing. Of course, you know, uh, it's, I want it's really cool. I want people to know uh, the creatives in this in this place and see what they're up to and what they're yeah. doing and what they plan on doing. Plug your shit. Get do what you want. <laughs> have a chat. Like that's the point of yeah, this, yeah. right? It, it, the to Get your stuff out there and, yeah. and and have it as a base of like, say, hey, if you want to know more about me and I don't feel like talking to you, go and listen to yeah, this yeah. episode. <laughs> you know, we talk for about an hour and a half of shit that I like. But, but I like this that I, you know, maybe my story is not the most common story, but, you know, someone's driving to work listening to this and they're going like, whoa, mm. I never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. So I think, you know, for a long time, I never told my story. And it hasn't been until like the last 10 years where I've really started opening up and like telling people about it in serious depth. Like this one, I didn't go into too much depth of what the violence was like, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, uh, but just, you know, hopefully that like relating to people. And, and I think you know, so. I think, I think you've done, I think you've done that. And you've definitely, like, for me, knowing what, when I was younger, obviously I wasn't I wasn't old enough to know what all this what was happening yeah. in like the big in the big streets and I shit. I don't think we understand it until we hit our thirties. Really, that's when you can really st- take stock of like what the fuck is going on. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like my my childhood uh, of growing up in the music scene was pretty pretty alright. Like I didn't really mm-hmm. have too many issues. You yeah. know, I got a couple of concussions from wash pits <laughs> and shit. Like going to those I think we all have those crowd kill pits and not realizing how hectic they can be and yep. like not even really being that good at doing it and then you yep. get a foot to the head yep. and you know that's happened one was accidental where i was just trying to walk through the middle of the pit didn't realize where i was yep. just not used to it all right this was at yep. club 299 where it was an under 18 show i like, remember 299 or was it 209 299 was 299 yeah. originally up the top of uh or was it in the mall it was, was it, um in the mall? Down where, uh, do you know where Aportos is in the yeah, main drag? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. So it was back, it, it was either that one or like yeah. next to it or some yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. I never went there, but it was definitely like more of the goth place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's exactly right. Yeah. It was more of that. And I was just happen- happening to walk through the middle of the pit, not realizing, and I just <laughs> fucking boom. Yeah. All I saw was this big flash of white. I've dropped to the ground <laughs> straight back up afterwards. Yeah. And nothing was hurting at the time. And that's usually always a telltale sign for yep. me is like, if I've ever, <laughs> like, if I'm not. Like if I haven't like had a bad enough head knock, like it's gonna hurt. Like yeah, I'll be yeah. like, oh fuck you. Like yeah, yeah. whereas no, I've just got seen white, got up, and I was like, what the fuck just yep. happened? So, and like also, I wasn't really old enough to or get involved enough to understand. Like because back then for me, like the the edge scene was the yep. the big thing, yep. right? Like yep. especially in the hardcore and shit. Yep. Like and like I didn't really follow it, so like. Yep. I didn't like. I knew like the edge bands when they come because yeah. like, or if they were opening for other bands yeah. and shit All because the big they. Had, 
<laughs> that was exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Like, I didn't even know what straight edge was until like 2005 when I when I stopped drinking and someone was like, are you straight edge? I'm like, I didn't even know what that is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I didn't really grow up punk. That, it was all metal. That, that, that word, like, from like 05 to like 2010, 2011 was like, because yep. there was a fair few bands that were coming out as well that yep. were all like edge and shit. Yep. And yeah, like the hardcore scene in particular was pretty hectic with it. And I didn't realize I was talk. There's been a couple of people I've talked to from this that have told me like what that scene was like back yeah. then and shit. It was just yeah. fucking <laughs> stupid, right? So much stupid shit. Yeah, yeah. And turf wars and all that bullshit. Yeah. And like it's all over it's like your way of life. Yeah. Like, wake the fuck up, really? You know. Yeah. And the the. The belief behind it, sure, if you want to do that, like I'm yeah. all for that sort of thing. But you don't need to start. When you have to be militant about stuff. It gets yeah, weird. that's the thing, right? So. Yeah. So it, that apparently was probably the most toxic thing through the era that I yeah. kind of grew up yeah. going to. Like I yeah. used to. I I I can't, I can't. I can't remember how many shows that I'd actually seen at the Princess Theatre, but I, right. I there was I saw so many there, yeah. like so many hardcore. All that was a shows. big one too. Yeah, back back then, like there were shows yeah. happening there all the time, all the time, yeah. and that That's was that was my running with yep. growing up with it. Right, I didn't have much of an issue. Yep. Whereas <laughs> yeah. you've had to go through what you did during a time which. It was obviously it's not as looked down upon as it is now. Like is, that's just the changing of the times. But the fact that that's what you had to grow up with and where you've gotten and Definitely. gotten to now, Definitely. it's a really, really big testament to not not just uh, tenacity through it all, I suppose, yeah. but yeah. just I'm, the patience. Yeah, I mean the the song that 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 will probably take this out if people listen to this song and, and want to listen to. Uh, I I wrote a song in oratory called uh, and it was my favorite song. It was called Dream State, mm-hmm. and it was about it was about uh, dreaming uh, as a kid about something different and something better. Fantasizing, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but it also works tongue in cheek in the way that people call Queensland a dream state. So mm-hmm. so it was that it was that duality of being able to like say this place. You know, rat sink shift. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's 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 really a uh, it's really my my love letter to to Brisbane and Queensland, especially for being the nanny state, being the state that's probably the most conservative out of the seven. Mm-hmm. Is it eight now? I forget. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah, I, I I never remember. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm Australian. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so it it really is that that song that I hope you play at at the end of this. Or we will. Point. Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll chuck it on. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh it's it's my it's definitely a love letter, and I, I hope other people feel something from it. And I remember like actually last night I was speaking to a friend in Melbourne who I haven't spoken to in a long time, and I sent him that song, and I was like, and he was like, it's so bleak, and, and so I sent it to him, and he he was like, whoa. I uh, didn't realize I was staring at the desk for about three minutes. <laughs> this thing was like, it's super hypnotic and it's super bleak and it's super just like, it's like God flesh. It's like um, nail bomb. It's like neurosis all rolled into one. Just, mm-hmm. just beautiful. So I, I, if there was any song that I'm the proudest of, it's that song. Fuck yeah. <laughs> being well, I, I look forward to having that one jammed out at the end yeah, of this yeah. too. So cool. thanks thanks for coming on, dude, man. Right, like we're, we're, we're getting we're getting to the point where I think we're getting a bit tired. Yeah. Tired. yeah um, We've I'm, been chatting a long day. I'm yeah, dead. right. You work today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so did I, man. Like, <laughs> so. there, Wait, but were you in aircon though? 
my work has the worst air conditioning I've okay. ever considered. Like we're sitting there with sweat trickling down our back while we're just getting like a it little feels bit. Like someone go like that to you. Okay, well that then it's only a kind of fuck you yeah. because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't have aircon. I had like like intermittent like breaks when I'd go no, into the office and I I'd get to the go cold, home and, and shower to get the crystallized sweat off. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, it's not that. good in there. It's terrible. I my singlet changed color today. <laughs> like not just not like changed color color, but like because yeah. of the sweat. Yeah. Like it yep. like it, the whole thing was pretty much strange by yep. the end of it. I think. <laughs> I could have thrown it. I could have chucked it in the freezer at work and yep. like put it back on like Perfect. after lunch, and it Perfect. would have been. Would have been. I didn't. Would have been. Oh, man, nice, I'm nice doing cool. that tomorrow if it's hot. Eh? Do it. Do Be it. like. Don't. I'll just bring a change of shirt for half yep. an hour and chuck yep. it in the freezer. Exactly. Yeah. It was. It was a hot one today, so I'm pretty zapped. So, so yeah, yeah. I appreciate the. No, I, you, I appreciate you. Taking you. The time. Appreciate you. Uh, yeah, it's that we actually did this again. Yes, yeah, yeah. and, and uh, that we kept on track. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty stoked on that. To be honest, you can go and check out what Nate's up to with um, consuming Impulse, which is on uh, Instagram, and uh, is it on any other platforms? It's at on the moment? Facebook, uh, but you can definitely find everything you need to get everywhere on consumingimpulse.com. I definitely. Put I'll that put up. that link in the episode yeah. bio. And, and, you know, all you have to do is, like, on whatever st- streaming service or podcast service you use, just type in Consuming Impulse. You'll find it. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one. And you can see uh, you can see me. You can see dudes like Dave from Neurosis. You can see Scott Carlson from Repulsion, Cathedral, Death Breath. Uh, uh, Fuck, I love that name. Death Breath? Death Breath, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. It just rolls That's off great. the tongue. Yeah, and the, there's there's about nine episodes up, and I've probably got about ten people asking to, to be on, so... Fuck yeah. Sometime in the new year, I swear to God, I will just drop fucking ten episodes. So, <laughs> yeah, just do them so all at once. thank you for waiting. No, yeah. no, you're good, man. I, I've got to drop... I've got to drop one tomorrow and, like, drop a, a phone recording one the yep. week after, and now I've got this one, and then I'm going to try and do another either yep. Skype call or... Uh, another audio recording off the phone, like because that's what I usually yeah. like. If I can't, uh, I usually do fortnightly recordings in the studio, yeah, and like that's just the, the best time, yeah. Basically, yep. everyone, there's so many podcasts under this banner of yep. TNC at the moment that, yeah, I'm just going to stick to the time that I can get in, yep. you know, Absolutely. so uh, not fuck with the schedule. It's, it's a cool thing, so you know, and then yeah. like in between that, like the audio quality of recording off a phone has actually turned out really well yeah so I mean, those microphones and these things he says i know good. right <laughs> fucking hell and so i i do that in between when i can't get into the studio if it needs yep. to be done sooner same with skype calls and shit and yep. then just transfer. i mean that's how i do it so what like i'm not i'm not one of those video podcast people although yeah. i should probably look into that if honestly I want to get it's, bigger. it's it's worth it it's it's just another way of it's oh, another platform. I don't use yeah, YouTube, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I could. Yeah. And that'd be it's an a pain easy thing. in the ass. Like, I try to do a straight shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like like this sort of thing where we've just talked all the yeah, way through. Yeah. yeah. Well, not, not just that, but like I tried, like, fuck, I think about six out of the nine episodes that I did were uh, like I didn't have to edit anything. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, no one said anything, you know, that doesn't, shouldn't be there. <laughs> yeah, and, like, yeah. Because like just fucking editing video is a fucking... I won't say the word on air. It's a. Uh, it's, it's an asshole. Good. Yeah, it's a dirty fucking asshole. That's, <laughs> that's that's what it is. It's a fucking serious prick. Yeah, <laughs> I get. I I understand that too because I like I like the idea of once like not just so much like edit like I fucking hate editing and yep. even beforehand like I prefer to just like 
try and get it through in one hit as well. Yep. Just because it like if you've got a good enough flow anyway, you can keep the conversation going. Yeah. You know, and like and yep. I've done like early on I would do a bit of stopping and starting, but since I've no. been doing this regularly now. You got this man. I, I, I rarely yeah. fucking stop and start now. Absolutely. I just try and talk all the way through. Unless yeah. it's like we're having a break to play a song yep. or something, yep. you know? That's the only time. Yeah. You 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 got the knack for the so I appreciate cool. that. And Sometimes I feel like I do. Sometimes I feel like I don't. But fuck that. That's a, that's a story for another time. You know, I try. This year alone has just been very up and down with the podcast, and I try. I'm trying to get back in the swing of things. Yep. You know, and yep. expand it a bit. So all in time. I, I hope. I hope the same thing happens with consuming. I'd love yep. to see like. Yep. Fucking. Uh, see a lot more. I'd love to see like Napalm and shit yep. like that on there. Yep. That'd be so good. Yep. So you can catch it out on. You can catch Nate working on. Uh, consuming impulse through consumingimpulse.com and everywhere else and facebook and instagram all that jazz uh any anything else that you're currently working on uh nothing that's probably going to come out public before i get back to california yeah fair fair enough all my creative output will probably be through consuming impulse for a little while that's that's your that's your thing that's 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 my little baby right there okay yeah my my labor of love so yeah perfect Perfect. Cool. So yeah, it's great to do a cross-platform thing. Yeah, absolutely, cool. absolutely. I love, I love that idea, and just the fact that more people get a chance to get involved in, yeah. especially the, this sort of niche music, yep. which is, yep. in you know, uh, absolutely, it, it is, you know, and there's yep. so many different genres attached to yep. it and sounds and shit that you can yep. get. So cool. it's, it's awesome to see. So yeah. stay safe. We are gonna finish off this podcast with Oratory's Dream State. Dream State. That's the one. What a fucking cool name and concept, (laughs) right? I like it. I I like like dreaming and, you know, obviously the state is considered the dream state, so... I can't remember the last time I actually had a proper dream sleeping, but, uh, like, daydreaming. I daydream all the fucking time. All the time. (laughs) So I get that. Anyway, we keep chatting. Fucking, it's very easy to do. (laughs) Absolutely. Stay safe out there. Don't do anything crazy. I think when this comes out, it'll probably be close-ish to Christmas. So, happy Christmas. Uh, Enjoy your time and stay safe, most importantly. Thanks again for coming on, man. Thank you. Peace out, everyone.
Need to stock up on any weather wardrobe staples? Check out American Giant for hoodies, jackets, sweats, and more pieces you can wear anywhere. All made right here in the USA. Go to American-Giant.com and use code AnyStyle24 for 20% off your order.